a lot of crazy stuff has happened this NFL offseason, and we'll be going over that today. But before we start, I'd like to thank you for listening to Future Football, available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that said, let's get into some of my personally biggest moves of NFL free agency so far. So we're going to start things off with the New England Patriots and Jonu Smith. Personally, I think that this is a great move for them. It gets them a new tight end and star pass catcher. He led tight ends in touchdowns last year with eight, and he caught 41 of 65 passes thrown to him. But the problem is, for me, with this and with the Hunter Henry signing, which we'll get to in a minute, they don't have a quarterback that I think can get them the ball properly. I think that that really is up to the Patriots to find them a new quarterback, whether that be Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, any quarterback in this upcoming draft class, or maybe trade for somebody like Russell Wilson, maybe. Um, But I don't think that Cam Newton's their franchise guy, and I think they know it. And they're trying their absolute hardest to surround him with, uh, with talent. They also snagged a second tight end in Hunter Henry. And I think he'll fit really well, especially if they do a two tight end set. Because, I mean, in Los Angeles, he had to be one of their top pass catchers. And he'll still be doing that there. But when you have two big, good tight ends... It's going to be very difficult to stop both of them, and I think more often than not, Henry will find himself open. And as for last year, he didn't have a ton of production. He only had four touchdowns. I mean, he caught two-thirds of what was thrown to him. So you can hope that this production carries over, but again, I'm just not sure that Cam Newton's the quarterback for this organization. If I were to select one quarterback that I think they should move forward with that's actually realistic for them getting, I would say it would probably be somebody like a Mitch Trubisky. I feel like even though he was just signed, it's not that hard for them to grab somebody like Mitch Trubisky, Jacoby Brissett. They both signed with in-division teams, but I feel like if you can make them an offer, they'll probably go for it. Otherwise, somebody like a Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, I'm just now realizing that I just listed off a quarterback from every team in their division. And they also got a deep pass catcher that they added to their offense. Nelson Aguilar... I mean, he was targeted 450, 450 times last year in the Raiders' offense, but he only caught 270 of them, and he didn't even rack up 1,000 yards on over 450 targets. He got eight touchdowns, and that's a very good stat, but I'm wondering what he's actually going to be able to do in New England. 
personally, I feel like while it looks good on paper, again, they need a quarterback who can actually get the ball down the field. And I just don't think that Cam Newton is that guy for them. I mean, I have respect for Cam Newton as a player. I just don't think that he is as good as he once was anymore. And that's a problem for them. So they need to be able to find that replacement guy. Otherwise, all these additions don't matter. And their other major addition in my eyes was the addition of Matt Judon. He is very young and very good. I mean, it's it was only his fourth season in the league, and already he had six sacks and 32 solo tackles. Fourth season in the league and on Baltimore. And I did not consider Baltimore a premier defensive team. I feel like they can be very good at times, but he seemed like the one constant on their defense other than Marlon Humphrey. And I think he'll grow into a much larger role in New England alongside guys like, for example, Kyle Van Noy, where not all the pressure's on him to be the man. And so I think that that'll be amazing for them. Meanwhile... The Packers have not done much this offseason, which sort of stings as a Packer fan, but I have to admit here, the re-signing of Aaron Jones, I would be lying if I said that I did not cheer louder than I've ever cheered when the news broke. Aaron Jones, I feel like, can take this franchise in the right direction, not single-handedly, but it does set us up to not be totally left in ruins if we have to go to Jordan Love at some point, whether it be for injury, retirement, or other reasons. It gives us somebody who will be consistent in our offense. Meanwhile, I mean, he has 11 all-purpose touchdowns, 9 on the ground. He had over a 1,000 yards rushing. I think that he can be very good in this Packers offense in this upcoming year. And really what he has to do is prove that he was worth this money. I mean, many people are already doubting him, saying that he'll be gone by 2022 already because they think that he's going to fail to meet expectations. I think knowing Aaron Jones especially knowing the fact that they have A.J. Dillon back there pushing him, he is definitely going to do everything in his power to keep that starting job. And so I think that he'll do fine in this new role without Jamal Williams, which, by the way, it absolutely stinks that Williams and Tim Boyle, two players slash backups that I really liked from the Packers, Decided to go to Detroit, but uh, what are you going to do? Um, meanwhile, the Bears, what are they doing? Like, again, I would be lying if I would say that I was not laughing at the Bears for half a free agency. You go from talks of 
Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, at the worst, Carson Wentz, and now Andy Dalton is your franchise guy. He he barely even threw for 2,000 yards this season. He only threw 14 touchdowns, and he threw 8 interceptions, and that was in 9 games with an offense that featured Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Blake Jarwin. This offense was 100% ready for him to go off, and he did not prove that he was worth it. And the Bears are signing him to an up to $13 million one-year deal. So I just don't think that the Bears have their head in the right place. Especially when you see them cut their star defensive back, Kyle Fuller, who I'm honestly shocked the Packers did not land, but on the Broncos, I think he'll do fine. I don't have anything against him going to the Broncos, but I'm honestly shocked that the Packers did not make a run for him. Why would the Bears do this and let one of their star defensive backs go because as much as Bears fans would like to deny this I feel like they realize that their defense heavy team is not working and what does that mean for them it means that they have to completely tear down so that they can build up the offense Allen Robinson is the one piece that I expect them to try to keep throughout this. And I expect him to leave next year unless they tag him again. I just do not see him wanting to be part of this rebuild process. And I see him going, not back to the Jaguars, but I could see him going to play somewhere like Tampa Bay. As much as I hate the Buccaneers... I mean, I could see a lot of players who want to get that ring while they still can going to Tampa Bay on cheap contracts. Now, what's something important that I would like to point out here? Something that's been overlooked for the most part in free agency for the Bears. Akeem Hicks has been given permission to seek a trade. And, well, Hicks is by no means a superstar. He he makes everyone else around him on that defense better because he eats up so much of an opposing team's offensive line. Take him out of there and it'll become much harder for someone like Khalil Mack to be as dominant as he is currently. So landing spots for Akeem Hicks I would say, again, Denver would be a good landing spot. Former defensive coordinator is there coaching. And another major defensive coordinator spot that they just have not filled. They have failed to get a good defensive coordinator except Fangio in Chicago. And so that's one of their problems is that they haven't filled in that spot either, and so the defense isn't doing the greatest. 
Akeem Hicks, I could also see him going to somewhere like the Jets, the Cardinals, the Jaguars. One of those teams that's trying to acquire as many people as it can. The Dolphins, Patriots. And I see nowhere but downhill for the Bears right now. I'm sorry, Bears fans, but there is no light at the end of the tunnel for you right now. When your second best offensive player is arguably Tariq Cohen or David Montgomery, you're not doing too well right now. And I just don't see the Bears getting any better. I see them getting worse and worse as they have never been an offensive team and they're trying to shift into offense, I think. And they have always failed at that sending them further and further into failure. Meanwhile, on to the Arizona Cardinals. I have to say, this offseason for them, while it seems pretty quiet after the J.J. Watt signing, they made one big signing that I find could actually be a bad move for them. And that's the signing of A.J. Green. A.J. Green, he was really good back in the day. But, again, back in the day. I mean, I look at his numbers from last year. He had two touchdown catches. He didn't even have 550 receiving yards. And he dropped more than half of the passes targeted at him. I think that Arizona just wasted money on a position that they did not need to improve. You have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Christian Kirk, you have Larry Fitzgerald, and you have Andy Isabella. I don't think that there is a need for A.J. Green there. And so they're throwing money at somebody who had almost no production over the last few years. And I just don't see why. Meanwhile, J.J. Watt, It makes a bit of sense. I mean, five sacks, 36 solo tackles. He's nowhere near his prime, in my opinion. But he can still give them some defensive leadership. And I think that's one of the main reasons that they acquired him, was rather than bring back Patrick Peterson, which, while not many people were calling him out on this, I'm laughing at the Vikings about it because Patrick Peterson I don't think is worth $10 million on a one year contract mostly for defensive leadership at this point but I think they're bringing in Watt basically to be their defensive mentor leader person and while that will work most likely any fan who is expecting him to go back to his prime It's just not going to happen. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz to Indianapolis. It does not look great based off of his numbers last year. I think, though, that once you actually get him in a system that he knows and he likes, Frank Reich's system, he was the quarterback coach, on the Eagles when Wentz almost had an MVP season. Then you combine with that the fact that he has a running game. 
no offense, Miles Sanders, but it seems like the Eagles never have a running game. And so I just do not see that taking any pressure off of Wentz. And it seems like he was forcing some throws. I mean, he threw for 2,500 yards and only threw one more touchdown than interception. I think Indianapolis will give him a fresh start with a ridiculous amount of money that if he does not play well, he's likely going to be shipped out for an even less return than they gave up for him. But I feel like he could very well take off in Indianapolis. He has a good offensive line blocking for him. He has a good running back group. He has good receivers. Like Michael Pittman, all he needs to do is play well. His defense is good. The Colts could be a contender if Wentz can play well. The Giants, I mean, they made two fairly big name moves at the receiver position. Kenny Galladay, when he's healthy, he is a great receiver. I have no trouble saying that, especially now that he's not on the Lions. I feel like the Giants will also probably waste him. I hate to say it, but it's just the truth. Like I said, though, when he's healthy, he barely played this last season. So as a result, he didn't even get 350 receiving yards, and he only grabbed two touchdowns. Please note that that is the same amount of touchdowns as A.J. Green, who played most of the season. Now, Galladay also only dropped 12 passes the whole year. So, while he isn't going to be a superstar, I don't think, in New York, and that's more because of quarterback play. Again, they need to replace Daniel Jones, in my opinion. I feel like they can at least do something right here and not let him get away before they can get a good quarterback. And Kyle Rudolph, he's he's past his prime. I'm sorry, but while he is still a fairly big name, especially when you live in Minnesota, one touchdown and 28 receptions on 37 targets, it isn't, it isn't top production anymore, and I don't think it'll get any higher, especially being there more as a mentor to Evan Engram than anything. And then lastly, what we have to talk about is the Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford trade. And in my opinion, the Rams gave up too much. I mean, I could look at numbers and say, oh, the Lions extremely won this trade. But they're really, they really didn't. I mean, the Lions... They got a lot in return, but I feel like at the same time, doing that may have just cost them a Super Bowl window. 
And while the Lions have always been a laughing stock, I look at it. Matthew Stafford is still a very good quarterback. If you don't believe me, he threw for over 4,000 yards last season, threw almost 30 touchdowns, and threw only 10 interceptions. Kenny Galladay is still there. Let's say that. Let's say he re-signs because Stafford is still there. And they go out and sign, say, T.Y. Hilton. All of a sudden, their team, with just a bit of good drafting on the defensive end of things, is a Super Bowl contender. And Jared Goff, I don't think, can get them there. He may have thrown for almost 4,000 yards again, but I just do not think that he is as good as he was. And I don't think he ever will be again. He, he looked very good initially, especially in Sean McVay's offense. But the NFL is constantly changing. If you get to a Super Bowl by being better than everybody else at one thing, then you will always be able to be better than them at that thing. But if you get to a Super Bowl by beating everybody to something, you're not going to be headed back anytime soon unless you can execute it the best. Because the Rams were some of the first ones to do it with actual talent on the team, <coughs> 49ers, they went to the Super Bowl, and then they lost to a team that knew how to stop them. And now that that offense isn't innovative anymore, Todd Gurley was cut after signing a mega contract because... He couldn't use he couldn't do the production. Jared Goff is traded because the team just isn't that good anymore. Matthew Stafford, I feel like, can take this team to the next level. But Sean McVay has to adapt his system as well. What worked in 2017 will not work anymore. Every team has a variant of that offense in their playbook now. And so every team practices for it. Making a team that's run on it irrelevant for the most part. The Rams can definitely contend. I'm not denying that. But they need to figure out a new way to beat teams. The Lions, I think that they they set themselves back even further unless they're planning to use Jared Goff to trade for their next quarterback or for a draft pick to draft their next quarterback. And if they draft another quarterback and he isn't quite ready to go by the season, do you play Tim Boyle as your starter? I don't know what the Lions were thinking here. I get it. Matthew Stafford did not want to be there anymore. But no matter how many first-round picks you get in return, is Jared Goff really the guy that you want leading your franchise at all? Even if he is just a bridge to your next quarterback, 
I don't think that he is the guy that you want leading your franchise. I think Goff will be better off being one of those guys who goes to a place similar to Ryan Fitzpatrick or Nick Foles and motivates the quarterback there who's struggling to play well enough that the team keeps him around and that quarterback is then kicked to the streets, Jared Goff, Fitzpatrick again, and I just see that being what happens to him, where he goes, he pushes somebody else to have to be better than him, and then he's and then he moves on to the next team. That's what I think Goff is going to end up being. Everybody thought that he was this great prospect after he took them to the Super Bowl. I'm still waiting to see the results other than that one Super Bowl appearance. I feel like Goff will become a journeyman backup, not the first-round superstar that he was drafted to be. So, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out my YouTube channel and subscribe. Check out my Twitch. That's all for now. Mount JJ signing off.